everybody. Uh, welcome to the podcast. This is Coffee Talks with Austin Ez. And uh, this is our first podcast, so we just wanted to introduce ourselves and kind of uh, talk about what we're going to talk about and um, uh, just introduce you guys to the plan for the podcast. So my name is Austin, um, Austin Park. And um, yeah, I love coffee. And over the past, what was it, like seven years now, uh, I've learned a lot about specialty coffee and all the ins and outs of what it means and from from the farm level to roasting to brewing it. And this is my buddy Esri. Yeah, that's me, Esri Herrera. I um, love coffee. I've been in the coffee business ever since I was born, so that's almost 23 years now. And um, I'd love to learn. Yeah, so uh, why don't you tell them kind of um, what, well, what does that mean then uh, for you being in the coffee business? Yeah, so our whole story starts back in 1910 with my great-great-grandfather. He was a farmer and uh, he was an exporter, one of the first in the country pretty much. He would just grow his coffee and then roast it himself, then export that to Germany and he had to travel with mules all from from uh, our town in Marcala to El Salvador which was probably like a day's journey and then from there he would ship it all to Germany and they would ship back some random things like sugar or rice or stuff that yeah just stuff like you could sell at a store yeah so that was his main business and um, he would bring the stuff, sell it in a little store that he had, and that's how it all started. And then, yeah, my grandpa started. So that was my grandma's grandpa. So then when my grandma got together with my grandpa, they started having farms together. And then my dad came from Guatemala to our town in Arcala, which is where my mom's from, and my mom's family. So my dad came and my mom, and then they just had a, they just joined ventures pretty much because my dad bought some farms while he was living here and then started their own thing. And then they bought a mill and then they have the farms, like my dad has his side of the farms and then my grandpa has his farms, but then once it comes to the mill, they prepare everything there together. But then, as always, we keep the lot separate. So that may be from farm or from a different place or from a different day. So just separate the lots. And we've been doing that. My dad has been doing that since 1992, 93, pretty much. And then we got into specialty coffee in 2001 or so, around that time. Our first cup of excellence, actually Honduras' first cup of excellence was in 2004. And oh, okay. uh, yep. we entered that cup of excellence with high hopes. And um, we got, I think the best place we got was fourth place, but we also got like Shoot. three other places in the top ten. And then, yeah, that's super good. Yeah, and then from then on, we were blessed to meet incredible people in the coffee business, like Dwayne from Stumptown and Jeff Watts from Intelligentsia 
and um, for the OGs in coffee, Peter Giuliano from Counterculture, and um, yeah, those three guys were the best thing that could happen to us, because they were great contacts, great people, and they had great taste for coffee, and then, yeah, definitely, then all the way to 2016, we won the Cup of Excellence in Honduras, that was first place, and uh, we also set a world record for the highest green bean sold at, an, at the Cup of Excellence auction around the world, so that was oh, pretty yep, good. Yep, remember that. And then, and then the next year, my grandpa won it with one of, uh, so yeah, we won it with a geisha, and then my grandpa competed with his geisha, and he yeah. also won it, and then he surpassed um, the price that they paid for our geisha. Yeah, you guys are just record setters, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then after that, we've just been, as always, improving our, in our farms and everything we do. And that's, Sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Cool. So my story isn't nearly as awesome and, and cool and historical as that, but um, <laughs> uh, I got into the coffee industry through Esri because we met back at Cedarville University. So we both uh, started going to Cedarville uh, in 2013. And um, the funny thing is that the door, because we met because we were in the same dorm together. I never actually chose my dorm. They had to just (laughs) choose it for me because I procrastinated in the process of like choosing a dorm. I never got a roommate or anything. Um, And so... Yeah, so I was just given a roommate and then uh, given a dorm, and it just so happens that uh, that's how we met, and I became really good friends through that, and uh, yeah, I remember, um, so like my first, the first time I had like a glimpse of of what specialty coffee was like, um, I remember freshman year in the fall, it was really early on, honestly, but we had a little friend group. Cedarville in, in college and we wanted to do like a coffee night because um, uh, I, I think people were like oh Esri he's a he's a coffee guy or a coffee farmer I, I don't know like <laughs> you know if people really knew like what you did you know or what your family did that is yeah. um, but like I had just started getting into coffee the year before that because I, in high school, in senior year, I took a class that was super early in the morning, and our <laughs> professor, our teacher, like, you know, made us coffee, and I was like, shoot, okay, I'll drink it, because I need the energy, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I had just, like, started getting into the whole idea of it, but, yeah, so yeah. everybody brought their, like, little bag of coffee, and we made coffee in, like, a coffee maker in one of the lounges, and <laughs> I remember Ezri brought his coffee, and, um... I, he like opened the bag and I smelled it and I was like, wait, that smells really good. Like, <laughs> I just noticed like it was, it didn't smell. At that time, it was hard to understand and describe it, but now I can like I could describe it as like, it smelled a little bit sweet and it was it didn't have that that bitter um, bitterness to it that you expect when you smell coffee. Mm-hmm. And um, and the beans were so much lighter than I had ever seen. And I was like, holy cow, there's like little parchment, like lo- lo- what looks like a parchment or paper in the middle. You know, because <laughs> it didn't get burned out through a dark roast. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, 
yeah and i was i was so fascinated and i was and i just i had a sense i was like that that seems like pretty high quality coffee and and it it made me hopeful because i was like man i really hope that like good coffee actually tastes closer to how it smells or you know (laughs) doesn't taste so bitter and well sure enough you know here we are but uh yeah so that was the first time like i had contact i guess with specialty coffee and i swear i know what farm and what coffee that was i swear it was uh finca el injerto from Stumptown. because i definitely remember good one the yeah i I definitely remember the bag was that that classic uh paper bag that Stumptown used for a while oh yeah um and yeah the bag was really plain and I don't know. I, I feel like it was. I, it was definitely Guatemala, like you said. Yeah, it was a Guatemala as well. Because <laughs> um, our friend also brought a Guatemala, and I was like, "Whoa, they're both Guatemala, but they smell so different," you know. And <laughs> they um, smell and look and taste so different. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I feel like that was in here though. But yeah. So, um, but yeah. Since then, I mean, we we always we made coffee in the dorms, and that's like we started doing pour overs and. Um, using a Porlex mini grinder or not a mini but Porlex grinder mm-hmm. classic hand grinder and then we didn't have a gooseneck or anything I mean that was oh no the bare first. essentials yeah it was straight up water wasn't filtered straight <laughs> out of the drinking fountain <laughs> it was a good time but you could still tell a difference I mean oh, back then yeah. you know I mean it was definitely there and uh, then it was uh, I think it was yeah, it was that winter in the in this in the in January. Went to the Detroit Auto Show because I'm from Michigan, so I went back home for that for the weekend, and I found a coffee shop in Detroit called Astro Coffee, and um, there I found a, hun- a coffee from Honduras, and so I got it at Astro, and then bought a bag, and that was my first like taste of like. Well, the the first t- the first like cup that really sold me, because because I think that's like a thing, right? Like, we all have a well, at least we like people who don't like grow up on a farm, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> but like we have like the first cup that like convinces us that specialty coffee is really is special and it's awesome, and that was that was the one for me, and um, I noticed it was it was like citrusy and. and sweet and it was just it was so good it was uh nelson ramirez honduras from ritual coffee that was awesome so but yeah ever since then like um ezra and i have become great friends and uh coffee has definitely been a huge part of that and we've learned a lot together and i've learned a lot um during that time and um in 2016 i got to go down and, and visit uh, Esri and in Honduras and see the farm, see the process, and uh, we picked coffee. We kind of washed coffee, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we we did. We did the whole process. We like picked it and then we depulped it and then we washed it and then we yeah, didn't dry yeah. it because we only had a week, so you can't dry coffee <laughs> yeah. in a week unless you're of course doing it the mechanical way but you can't do it the mechanical way with the 10 pounds that we roasted the 10 pounds of cherry (laughs) which is probably like 
half a pound in roasted coffee. <laughs> oh my word, that was hilarious because we were so excited for how much coffee we picked. We're like, oh, like 50 pounds, you know? And we get, and it's like a third of like the actual, the weight of the coffee. Once you get it out of the cherry and everything, it is so much less <laughs> than you think. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, that was great. So we did all that and that trip really gave me, I mean, I was already sold on specialty coffee, but that trip gave me such a deep appreciation for the whole process of mm-hmm. uh, of coffee. And which I, yeah. No, go ahead, yeah. Well, I was going to say, which, like, I feel like it happens to all of us. Like, for me, it happened when this barista was brewing a cup for me. Like, it wasn't a coffee shop. Well, it was at a coffee shop, but it wasn't, like, during our, like, open, during, like, their schedule or whatnot. It was just, like, in the bag, and he was brewing a cup, and he's like, you know what? I'm telling you this because you're, uh, you know, from a coffee family and whatnot. Um, every time I brew a cup, I try to, like, I don't know, put my best out there because I know it's a farmer's, like, mm-hmm. year's worth of work. And yep. I'm the one responsible for, like, showing that I'm, like, the last step till they, yeah. till, like, the customer takes a sip and judges not only their coffee shop, but also the farmer and how they did their, like, you know, their whole job, pretty much. So, like, yeah, if you brew it wrong, you're not going to blame... You mean you might blame the coffee shop, but you'll also be like, yeah, that coffee's not great. And, yeah. So I was like, ever since then, I was like, oh, wow, that makes... Yeah, that's beautiful. And like Austin yeah. said, we... I didn't get into, like, brewing coffee till we were in... We were freshmen. Because here at home, we had... A French press because in Honduras we don't have as much technology as in the US so right. French press was as specialty as we could get back in 2013 yep. so then when <laughs> I came <laughs> when we came when I came to Cedarville in Ohio where we studied um, we bought a Walmart pour over and um, it was kind of a bee house but it was just plastic and then we had the Melita filters and then oh yeah I'm pretty sure we even bought the number fours instead of the number twos, and they were just cute, but it didn't matter. Um, And yeah, that's now brewing is one of my favorite parts of coffee. So yeah, yeah. When when you were talking about freshman year, I remember you, because it happens to everyone. When I tell them that I'm a coffee farmer, they're like, "Oh my gosh, let me show you like this great thing that I have." And you, you were like, "Oh yeah, dude, my dad just got this." awesome coffee it's from Italy and I've never heard of Italy because I'm yeah oh. from Honduras I we don't have any like outside presence like at least back then so all we knew was like the local stuff especially from like a little town like mine and you were like really and I was like oh Italy it's probably like some good coffee shop out here and then I as soon as he opened the can of ground coffee <laughs> ground espresso yeah <laughs> I, I was like yeah, I mean that's that, that's great, man. Yeah, good for you, man. That's that <laughs> smells good. Very gracious of you. Oh yeah, because you 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 can't just <laughs> do that to him, you know. You gotta be like, um, yeah, I think it's a little dark, even though it might be as dark as it can. You just yeah. have to soften the blow by saying, I think it's a little dark. I like it a little lighter myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, got gotta be approachable. You don't want to just act like a jerk. On accident. Yeah. yeah. 
That's so funny. I I'm that's funny you remember that because oh, yeah, I had I forgotten about the Illy days. But, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, that's so sick. It's Italian coffee, man. Like Italian coffee. That's good. Yeah, stuff, that's right? where it came from. <laughs> yeah. That's where like espresso came from, you know. Yeah. So. Um, and and the can is pretty dope too. <laughs> it is sweet. I love the logo. I love the can. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not that tasty. Um. <laughs> But yeah, um, no, that's super interesting. I always forget that, like, college was your first time really, like, getting into brewing coffee. Yeah, yeah. Because it's pretty easy to assume that, like, well, it's pretty easy to assume as a specialty coffee, like, person or connoisseur that, oh, the farmers of this coffee, they must have everything, like, all the sick brewing (laughs) equipment and all the dope espresso machines and, like, I mean, you kind of do now, but... But back, you know, it's not like that has to be the case, or it's not like that always was the case, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh no, for sure. Like, most producers, they never taste their coffee, like, in its full splendor. Like, yeah, it's it, it's crazy. Like, when you, like, to the workers on our farm, when I talk to them, I'm, like, explaining to them why we have to treat this honey different than the washed, because to them it's mm-hmm. just... A bean that's darker than the other one you know like they've never yeah, tasted seriously. the difference so like you gotta be like oh yeah this one like the the mucilage actually adds a little bit of sweetness to the the cup and they're like wait really because yeah because like even even to this day like most coffee that we roast here locally isn't that great and that happens with like every right. country of origin yeah and um yeah so That's another funny misconception is like people, you know, either go on mission trips or visit Central America and they're like, oh, I got some Honduras coffee. You want to try it? It's amazing. Oh, their coffee over there is so good. And, you know, any any more. I've got a good friend who does mission trips to Guatemala and um, I hope he's listening. Uh, Sean, no, but, (laughs) but, um, I, I swear the coffee isn't quite as good as he says it is. And I know he's going to say, no, it was actually, like, not bad. But no specialty <laughs> coffee now. And I swear, like, when he goes back <laughs> and tries that he's coffee, not- it's not going to be as good as he actually really thinks. Yeah. No, but um, it is interesting, like, because there's, there's perception outside of the coffee-producing countries. And then there's the... the the perspective of those in the coffee producing countries and um yeah it's it's just really interesting to know both sides and and to see the difference and you know how it all works out but yeah for sure but yeah so that trip um in 2016 visiting your farm was like that was what really made me realize how special this all is because there's some great people who are working so hard to make this drink as good as it possibly can be. And as a person who appreciates quality above almost all else, like, I just love that. I love that it's not just a crop, but it's also something that is a craft, even for you guys, um, to be constantly pursuing um, the best that you possibly can and obviously the results have shown for themselves um, you guys have had some incredible success in the industry and um, 
yeah, just some of the most beautiful coffees you'll ever taste. Um, I will never, ever, ever forget the taste of Geisha, especially because we drank it like every day down there. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about how I got into specialty coffee. And so I'll do this dude right here. And um, Mm. it's been a really fun journey. And I'm excited to see what more I learn and what more we can learn. But when you said it's all thanks to this dude, I thought of all the people that have gotten addicted to coffee. And I feel great about it because I showed them quality, but I also feel bad because I also got them addicted to a very expensive hobby. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's all right. Yeah. But I mean, it. oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is, it is almost an art form, like showing someone specialty coffee and then seeing them like transform into like oh you know I, ju- I got this like Ethiopia it's like a natural and oh man that's all you know and and then they're yeah. a part of like the, the club or like they're a part of the crew that like you can talk about these things and get excited about the little differences and tasting notes and the fact that this bag is SL28 while the other bag is SL28 SL34 Rui 11 and Batian <laughs> like well what is the difference between those two who knows you know but yeah. But you get to get excited about that stuff. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. But um, so let's so we've, we've talked about um, kind of how we got into specialty coffee. Let's kind of go back and define specialty coffee for those of, of our audience who don't really fully understand what special what what is meant by specialty grade. Um, so from what I know, it's. Um, there's a grading scale in the coffee industry and is it 80 or, or above or is it like 82 or 85 or something like that? Yeah, it's like 82 83. So if a coffee scores 82 or 83 or above, it's considered specialty grade. Um, and then there's like a tier below that, right? Yeah. There's, Do you yeah, remember what there's several, I think. I don't know if it's called the same in, like, everywhere, though. But some people call it, like, high ground or specialty high ground. So, like, you see, like, HD or SHD. And then in, like, okay. Kenya, which we've talked about, you can see, like, the A, AB, or double A, or B. Okay. So, it's so is... Yeah. In Kenya, is that... Does the double A or AB relate to the grading, or does that relate to the sorting of the coffee so it's actually it's actually both I just learned that recently like a month ago yeah because I always thought it was just the sorting but yeah like I thought it was I thought it was the quality to be honest but Mm -hmm. they yeah the sorting they do to their coffee like usually like like, I was like I was asking the guy that I was talking to uh, Tim Wendelbaugh actually and oh yeah I was I said, so can you find like specialty coffee in like lower uh, screen sizes? And he's like, I mean, you can, but you usually just try to focus on like the like the double A's because that's where most of the coffee, like well, that's where the coffee is better. Did you like, say oh, screen sizes? So yeah, so in coffee, that's how you. It's just screen sizes. So like, it's just a flat sheet of metal with mm. like holes like circles punched in them 
and then the screen size goes from like, I think it goes from like 10 to like 20 usually. So then that, gotcha. I'm pretty sure that is like, if it's screen size 12, it's 12 64ths of an inch in diameter, if I'm not wrong. Okay. Or something like that. Like, I'm not sure, 100% sure. Right. Yeah. So then, like, double A, I'm pretty sure it's, like, screen 19 and 20 and above. So it's, like, only okay. the bigger beans. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, so it's basically, um, this is, so this is a specific, um, grading scale to Kenya, but it does yes. help contribute to the overall score. And what it is, is, like, when you sort out for double A, you will end up getting higher scores, most likely, than if you sort out for AB, because AB, you will get different size beans, more, mm-hmm. like like more variety and, of the size of the bean, yeah, and therefore and you might even, potentially a lower quality. Yeah. So That's not quality. to say that you can't get good AB coffee, but... Yes. So, yeah, but, usually, uh, yeah. probably AB because you get some broken beans and stuff like that, that, like, once it's broken, the embryo inside the coffee dies. Uh, okay. So, yeah, most people don't know, like, even green coffee beans, they, like, their embryo is still alive to a point. Interesting. I did not yeah, know that. So, it's, so that's why you don't roast coffee too fast, either, because you kill the embryo. Like, Dang. all of a sudden. Yeah. Just learned that too recently, so yeah, that's fascinating. Know, that's a good thing about coffee. There's so much you're always learning. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so yeah, so specialty coffee, usually a rating of 82 or 83 or above. Um, and that is that's a cupping score, um, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <clears throat> and we can have we will definitely have an episode all about cupping. But the short answer is um, you're tasting. So you, you have the coffee in a cup, um, usually around six to eight ounces. Um, and you brew it in a certain way in that cup. And then you use a, a certain type of spoon. And you're, you slurp the coffee. And it allows you to get a really good understanding of the tasting notes. And then also um, those who are qualified who are um, certified uh, cup tasters they can determine a score for that coffee and that helps us understand is this specialty grade um, helps you guys price it right to sell to roasters Um, yeah so I mean that's all if it's like direct trade like we do it then yes to a point but also Roasters, different roasters look for different uh, flavor profiles. Even yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. So maybe they're they found out through trial and error that their customers don't really like, for example, natural coffees. So then they just stay away from that, or their customers like more like chocolate caramel tastes, so they stay away from fruitier ones. Right. For like the normal single origins but if they want a special one then they'll do like a different one just for people that really know coffee and they can be like yeah we are we also offer like this great fruity coffee for sure but but yeah yeah, but mainly the cupping score is 
it just tells you what the quality of the coffee and because it's higher quality it deserves to be rewarded be- rewarded better right and you'll and, and roasters will use you know companies or distributors like uh, cafe imports um, and if you go to like a cafe imports website you can see a list of the different coffees that are available for purchase and you'll see the cupping score there um, <laughs> as a part of the overall uh set of, of like information about the coffee to help you determine whether you want like a, to purchase some samples and then eventually buy the coffee um, to have in your rotation as a roaster um, but yeah so that's that's specialty coffee um, the way that you can kind of tell from the taste of it is that or by looking at the beans is that um, and this isn't a hard and fast rule I wouldn't say but generally speaking um, these coffees will be roasted lighter uh, on the lighter side, so a medium to light roast usually. And uh, it tends to be that roasters will focus more on revealing the tasting notes that are possible in the coffee. So like roasting to potential. Um, so if like a, a really good specialty roaster would look at um, like have a bar of like a sample roasting and then tune in the sample roast to into the final roast to get like what would be an ideal result so that you're getting the best tasting notes out of that coffee um, that you could or you're getting the tasting notes that you want or you're just discovering what the tasting notes really are frankly but um, it's about like highlighting what potential the coffee has from origin and that is like one of the things that I appreciate most about specialty coffee is like you're not doing it the, the way I see it is the roaster's job is to kind of get out of the way so that the coffee itself can really shine because if you're if you got like a 92 grade coffee which is a really high quality coffee and um, like if you're direct trade it's going to be like it's a pretty expensive coffee and it's got some really exciting tasting notes um, if you, I mean, if you over roast that, you, you roast it dark, it, you, it, the way I see it is like you're kind of getting in the way of, of what's mm-hmm. possible if, if it would be better roasted lighter, and usually it would be better roasted lighter. So that's kind of how I see the roaster in the equation is like, well, if I was a roaster, that would that'd be like my mission. It's like I want to get out of the way so that I can really show people how awesome this farm is you know and um how awesome their coffee is and what they're doing so um it's pretty cool i think usually the special the specialty industry largely would agree with that or see things kind of along those lines um but yeah so and it it all coincides kind of with the third wave of coffee which is a whole nother thing that uh, we can get into but um, essentially the third wave being like there was a first wave of coffee which um, that'd be like like 1940s 1950s instant coffee right that kind of how people see um, that yeah I'm, I'm not really sure of the, the whole waves thing yeah from what I understand it's like the first wave is kind of like that instant coffee like back in the day and then second wave the way I see second wave is the roasters in like the 80s and 90s and it's like the coffee house vibe 
a lot of dark wood, uh, and I'm thinking of like the aesthetics as well, but a lot of dark wood, a lot of coffee joke, like puns <laughs> as it happens. <laughs> um, and a lot of like, a lot of different roasts. Um, this is our dark roast. This is our French roast. This is our Italian roast. This is our city roast or full city roast or half city roast or whatever <laughs> all the roasts are. And um, that's what I see is like when the roaster really was a big deal in, in the equation. And then the third wave is like the farmer and getting to know, understand transparency in the whole supply chain um, so that we're really, really understanding what is the potential of the coffee. So it really coincides with specialty coffee in that way. And um, so if you hear people talking about third wave, you know, and specialty coffee, that's that's kind of the gist of it. Um, but yeah, it's coffee that we love and uh, yeah, there's nothing like it. So I think that I think that just about wraps up um, the first episode, our intro to this podcast. Uh, if, if, is there anything else that you wanted to add, Ezri? Um, I don't know, really. I think we covered the basics. Like you said, all throughout the episode, there's lots more to talk about, but that'll be for future Ezri and future Austin. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get into, you know, the difference between SL28 java and geisha and why is this kenyan variety on your farm in honduras (laughs) and all types of fun and interesting things that might get a little geeky but that's what we're here for so should be fun and uh yeah thank you guys so much for watching for those of you listening and uh we will see you in the next episode uh we are figuring out what that what our topic for the next episode will be but stay tuned and we're excited we're gonna get it to you so thanks guys peace